studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Sole Amarova is up for that post. It regulates banks. She's controversial in part because of her comments about gas and coal. One of the smaller players in that industry are uh, going to probably uh, go bankrupt in, in, in short order. At least we want them to go bankrupt if we want to tackle climate change, right? That's the conglomerate. Amarova was born in Kazakhstan when it was part of the Soviet Union. She wrote a paper at Moscow State University on Marxism and economic theory. Montana Democrat John Tester said he had real concerns about whether she was committed to free markets. The same with GOP Senator Pat Toomey. It's radical because she has a clear and obvious aversion to democratic capitalism itself. In other words, the central organizing principle of American society. So, with all due respect to the notion that we're a nation of immigrants, why does the ancient Joe Biden nominate a Kazakhstani Marxist to be the Secretary of the Treasury. What the hell's going on there? Uh, diversity is our strength, Joe. Oh, for the love of heaven, seriously? Yeah, that's something. Yeah, an avowed Marxist? You know, I know Jack knows this. You know the greatest misconception of the McCarthy era and people's discussion of it, the McCarthyism era in the 40s, 50s in America? The greatest misconception is that that it was all made up, that there were no communists. There was nothing to be afraid of or nothing to be concerned about. The State Department was lousy with communists. The American media was absolutely chock full of communists who were doing the work of the Soviet Union, getting together at night under assumed names and secret locations and working to advance communism. And then Joe McCarthy, who was absolutely a DB of the highest degree, decided to grandstand his way to fame and power and went way overboard and acted like a nut. On the other hand, there was absolutely a problem. So, maybe end of this segment if we have time. We need you to be the judge. Is this worth anything or not? I was disappointed, but our executive producer Hanson says there's some there there. Did Kamala Harris, our vice president, go to France and speak to French people in English with a French accent? <laughs> So just just for the record, Joe, I am trying to save America from the communist menace. Jack wants to argue about Kamala Harris's French accent. If she <laughs> if she did, that's pretty dumb on like nine different levels. Come on now. <laughs> and and if she said something nine level dumb, would that surprise you? Well, I don't think she I I didn't hear it, but Hanson says it's there. So we'll listen okay. to it coming up. All right, soccer at blue. Stay tuned, we <laughs> Anyway, a trio of absolutely nut job Marxist DAs who control or almost control West Coast cities. A couple of news updates. Chesa Bodine, the district attorney of San Francisco County. Uh, is officially going to be recalled, or there will be a recall election. The uh, the Board of Elections has certified the petition to recall the son of weather, ground under, uh, weather underground terrorists and murderers. Too much uh, for San Francisco. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they got enough uh, signatures easily. Uh, he has eliminated cash bail, refused to cooperate with immigrations and customer enforcement, including uh, uh, it, with disastrous results. 
murderers, rapists. If if they're an illegal immigrant, they're Chesa Bodine's friend, and he'll make sure they go free as long as they're an illegal immigrant. Um, he's just he's he's a dangerous radical. He needs to go. L.A. County D.A. George Gascon, who ruined San Francisco before he moved down the coast to L.A., is under fire. Convicted killer set to be released six years into his 50-year sentence. His office used a legal technicality that will re- lead to the release of Andrew Kachu, a convicted murder documented gang member, sentenced to 50 years in prison, gunned down a 41-year-old man outside a restaurant. Um, he was a few weeks shy of his 18th birthday, tried as an adult, um, and, and the DA has figured out a way to say, no, he was a kid, so we're going to let him go early even though he was a known murderous gangbanger. There you go, George Cascone, keeping the city, uh, the streets of L.A. safe, rather. And then finally, this story. It's funny. Um, this is from the Post Millennial, which is a, uh, a conservative website. Do a real good job of covering the news of the day. Um, and the headline is, Republicans win in Seattle after Antifa radical concedes election. Can't tell the players without a scorecard. So let us tell you about Nicole Thomas Kennedy, an Antifa-supporting activist who pledged during her campaign to not prosecute crime, to disband the entire police force, and close every jail and prison. Wow, that's out there. I mean, that's way effing out there. Well, her... Her uh, opponent, whose name is, oh, Ann Davison, was clinging to a four-point lead after the final vote tally the other day. Um, As the mail-in ballots came in, her 17-point lead eroded and eroded because progressives tend to mail in ballots more than than conservatives do or moderates do for whatever reason. Um, This woman, who not only advocating the things I pointed out, but also has tweeted property destruction is a moral imperative. She is hardcore pro-Antifa, pro-rioting, pro-looting, and she only lost by 4%. Man, that's troubling. She couldn't do a lot of those things that she said she wanted to do, but the fact that she believes that is troubling enough. Yeah, yeah. Now, I think part of the reason she only lost by 4% is that a lot of good, decent people didn't turn out to vote, and a lot of her radical Marxist yeah. guerrilla friends did. Yeah. Well, that just goes to show you why you uh, need to show up. She said, I'm proud of my campaign and what we accomplished. We may not have won the plurality, but we came damn close. 120,000 people understood the problem and voted for abolition, for genuine and evidence-based solutions. That is amazing, and I've got to be part of it. And she's advocating now they're looking for land in between Seattle and Portland for like a, a place in the woods for activists to recharge and stage between the two cities to go do their radical wow. crap. Wow. Back to your idea of let's go ahead and do this. Let's let's have two different countries. For those of you who believe that crap, and for the rest of us, and we'll each uh, give it a shot and see how it turns out. Oh, I would love that. Exactly. You can have that state. We'll have that state. Let's get started. Let's see how it goes. So she talked about abolishing prisons and the police. Here are a couple of her quotes. Abolition is about building the world we want to live in, where people are connected and where all communities are supported and thriving. I look forward to being in community and helping to build that fright, that bright future. Wow, that was a Freudian slip. Fright future. Uh, uh, folks living in tough neighborhoods, can you imagine if the police disappeared? Do you think what would result is 
communities that are supported and thriving, a world where we want to live in? Or do you think the predators would come and pray and, and, and just tear, tear people, tear them apart, kill them, injure them, rape them, steal their stuff? The blood would run in the streets. The children would be forced to choose between gang affiliation and fear. Yeah, great idea. Barely lost in Freattle. Great googly moogly, what has happened to my country? We need to set aside a state somewhere and let all you people who believe in this sort of crap to, to do your own state and try it as an experiment. Now, you'll have better music and movies and TV shows than the rest of us, probably. But that's okay. Well, and you'll be watching them as uh, home invaders knock down your door, cave in your skull, and and you know commit unspeakable acts. And but, your taxes will be eighty percent of your salary. Right. I I would love to see that experiment. In fact, I think it would be like a, one of the most brilliant things to ever happen in America. A bipartisan commission on what the hell uh, this country is going to be, and that would be the official name, uh, is going to get together and say, look. We got to decide which of these policies work and which don't. So we're going to have a couple of states side by side. Maybe Washington State. I was going to nominate Oregon, but it's so freaking left. I don't know if that would work. Uh, but we'll have, I don't know, Wyoming or Montana. We're going to go the other way. But they have to be similar populations. They have to have cities. They have to have suburbs. They have to have rural areas. One runs according to the dictates of the free market and the Constitution. The other on on Marxist fantasies, and let's see how it goes. I would I would donate money for that project right now. So we got to do this now because I promised it, and I don't want to uh, you know be one of those shows that teases you three four times, or you'll never believe me again, right? Boy, right. boy, who cried wolf. Cry credibility. So mm-hmm. in the story is that President Biden sent Kamala Harris over as his fixer to France. She's gonna just schmooze the French with her uh, with her fantastic personality and make them less mad at us for screwing them over on that submarine deal with Australia. That's the reason she's in France. And I saw bouncing around on the internet that Kamala Harris goes to France and speaks to the French in a French accent. Ha ha ha! And I listened to it and I didn't really hear it that much, but and, um, okay, here you be the judge. With us in government, we campaign with the plan. Uppercase T, uppercase P, the plan. And then the environment is such that we're expected to defend the plan. Uh, kinda. I don't, I don't. I wanted it to be there. I thought, oh, this yeah. is going to be awesome. This is going to be so much fun. But I just, I'm not sure it's there. Well, and I don't know. I don't, I don't mean to be overly serious, although I am. Um, but I got like 15 things I'd like to talk about re Ms. Kamala Harris before I get to that. Yeah, but it would have been pretty funny if she did. You got it. Would have been. Yeah. Would have been. Had she gone to France. <laughs> giggling like Dr. Hibbard from The Simpsons. <laughs> but I'm not sure she did. The plan. Uh, she's, there's a little bit there, maybe. Might have been a little bit. Maybe she's just, as one a tweeter said, maybe she's just bad at French accents like she's bad at everything else. And she was trying. I don't know. Hey, Want me to play it again? That's a pretty good theory. Eh, one more time. It's short. With us in government, we campaign with the plan. Uppercase T, uppercase P, the plan. And then the environment is such that we're expected to defend the plan. Yeah, as usual, I don't know what she's talking about either. Well, yeah, let's let's focus on the idiots. <laughs> Never mind the fake French accent. Who cares? She's incoherent. Hey, there's a new poll out. Uh, people are liking Build Back Better less, which I'm happy to see. Also, we've got what's the most popular slang words this year and the most hated slang words this year. 
like that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, all that stuff on the way. Boy, the, uh, the, the, the different people saw the whole Rittenhouse trial in different ways, especially the part where the kid broke down crying. You either thought that was, uh, you know, touching and, and troubling, and uh, or you thought he was a fake actor, crocodile tear. He's happy to shoot those people, depending on whether you're Fox or MSNBC. Wow. Really, really wild reactions to that. Uh, we got all that stuff on the way. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. several years old, but his most recent album won a bunch of awards last night at the Country Music Awards. He had Album of the Year and Song of the Year and performed a couple of songs, and he's freaking awesome. He's got one of the best voices in the history of voices, Chris Stapleton. Oh, yeah. He can bring it. And and what's awesome about him, if you're an actual country music fan like I have been my entire life, the fact that he didn't play by any of the country music rules he came from outside. They didn't. Know, they didn't invite him to any of the shows. His he had the number one selling country album in the country and didn't get invited to the awards shows several years ago. And they finally had to give in and start inviting him just because he's so freaking huge. One more reason I hate awards shows. Yeah, exactly, <clears throat> exactly. By the way, I took the political quiz that you tweeted out, uh-huh. and uh, turns out, to no one's surprise, I am a committed conservative. Gotcha. Uh, you are an ambivalent conservative or a liberal, as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> a-, a member of the ambivalent right. I'm, uh, yeah, an amb- ambivalent right, and that's twelve percent of America. What percentage of America are you? Uh, something like eight or not seven percent. Gotcha. Allegedly, although you know, like I'll bet everybody who took the quiz, there are a couple of questions I thought I don't want either one of those answers. There's only <laughs> 16 questions in. You right. could, yeah, it's kind of a couple of them uh, this way or that. But we've had that linked at ArmstrongandGetty.com. It's under the hot links if you want to take that quiz and see where you fit in with everybody else. Yeah, text at us uh, what you end up being. Before we get to the slang thing, that is kind of fun. New poll out from it'll be Chingy. YouGov, me. a YouGov poll. Um, the Build Back Better thing is getting less popular as it goes along, as they cut more out of it. As they <laughs> cut more out of it, it's getting more popular to me, but it's getting less popular overall. I want the whole thing to not pass. I didn't want the last infrastructure bill to pass, and if you didn't hear the explanation for that, maybe we'll kick off hour four with that again. We didn't. We don't have a crumbling infrastructure, so we didn't even need that last bill, let alone this new one, the Build Back Better, that has gone from three and a half trillion dollars down to one point seven five trillion dollars. Nancy Pelosi says they're voting on it next week, and as is her deal, she wouldn't bring it to vote if she didn't think it was going to pass. Any who kill it like a vampire. Um, whatever it takes, silver bullets, stakes. I can't remember which one's a werewolf. I don't care. Just kill it. Plant food? No, that's zombies. Really? Yeah, you kill you kill zombies with plant food, like Miracle Grow. Yeah, you spray them with it. You sprinkle it on them or whatever. Yeah, I didn't. That's know the that. only thing that'll kill a zombie. Is what? Plant food. You didn't know that? A shotgun blast that a head will do it. No, no, no. I yes. Don't, I need to get my kids in here. They know all the zombie stuff for zombie apocalypse. Plant food's your only hope. You ever watch The Walking Dead? Oh, well, that's fiction. Yeah, that's fiction. We're talking about an actual zombie apocalypse. That's a good point. Sorry. <laughs> 
Anyway, um, independents are losing their steam for Build Back Better, and the left, it has gotten less popular because it's gotten so small. Hmm. So, hey, don't vote for this. We need the bigger one. So, it's now upside down. Well, dip a wooden steak in some plant food then, and let's get to work. Yep. So, uh, anyway, I'm hoping that doesn't happen. It's bringing up to a vote next week. I'm sure we'll have plenty of chances to talk about it then. Hey, why don't we do the slang thing when we have just a couple of minutes more to do it? Because I have the perfect length thing. I love this. This guy tweeted, I'm not spending a lot of time on Twitter lately. It's just, it's it's ugly. It's venomous. It's a sore. But I absolutely love this. The thread was uh, something the effect of, uh, something the effect of, um, uh, what, uh, what juxtap, what historical perspective gives you an existential crisis? You know, uh, who was alive at what time, that sort of thing. And this guy says, okay, so the samurai were officially abolished as a caste in Japanese society in 1867. The first ever fax machine, the printing telegraph, they called it, was invented in 1843. Abraham Lincoln famously assassinated Ford's Theater in 1865, which means there was a 22-year window in which a samurai could have sent a fax to Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> Isn't that great? I don't know why. It's hilarious. <laughs> that is something. Dear Mr. Lincoln, insist you end the Civil War immediately or I will come silently over the walls of the White House. And do you win? We haven't talked about the latest stuff out of the Durham probe, which is trying to figure out the origin of the Russian investigation and uh, the and, Russian hoax and the, and the Steele dossier and all that. Stay tuned for that latest. Armstrong and Getty. Not everything that's a political dirty trick or in the nature of abuse of power is necessarily a violation of the federal law. So it looks like what Durham is homed in on here is that the Trump-Russia collusion narrative was a concoction of the Clinton campaign. So that's Andrew McCarthy, a commentator, talking about the Durham probe, obviously, and the whole uh, Russian collusion hoax centered around the Steele dossier, um, how it was a, a huge political dirty trick the clinton campaign its lawyers its pr people they recruited that's dishenko russian guy who got arrested the other day christopher Steele of fusion gps they all put together this ridiculous smear job but it probably wasn't illegal because in politics all's fair in love and war and politics right Mm -hmm. but now everybody's lying like crazy to the fbi because they don't want to be exposed for participating in this gigantic hoax that damaged america well everything's fair in love war and politics uh if you're a politician but not if you're the media the media shouldn't be treating all these stories like they're real when they should know better right i always go back to bob woodward you know one of the great journalists of our day depending on which book he writes about which president he's taking on some of you love him, some of you hate him, depending on who, you know, whether he's attacking Obama or Trump. Uh, he'll write a, he'll write an anti-Biden book, his next book, and then he'll be back in the good graces of people on the right. But he says the Steele dossier was a garbage document from the beginning. It should have never seen the light of day. That's the way an old school journalist would have handled it. It ended up driving the national political conversation for like five years. And the best part of this is now that it's just out, out there. 
that this was junk. Everybody knew it was junk from the beginning um, or or should have known. They either knew or should have known. Um, the, the mainstream media has no interest in the story. And uh, nobody's saying, oh, I guess I got that wrong. No. No, absolutely not. Self-examination is not exactly a strength of our media. Plus, they're just there in the uh, news otainment game. They're there to pander to their peeps, and it wouldn't do them any good in their pandering efforts to say, you know what, we completely screwed this up. We we dropped our pants. We we have no ethics, and we're ashamed. The fact I mean, that Adam Schiff gets to continue to be the chair of the House Intelligence no. Committee, having he knew exactly what all the true stuff was and what the not true stuff was, and he's going on cable news channels saying, I have seen evidence. This will come out at future date. I've seen evidence of collusion. There will be many arrests. That's just, God, there should be a price to pay for that, but not in the modern world. Yeah, it was all made up, all made up. Um, So, you know, I'm tempted to play the uh, Morgan Ortega's trying to get Adam Schiff to admit how out of of line he was. Well, why not? Go ahead. uh, Give us a clip number 31. This was, believe it or not, from The View. But uh, don't tune out. It's not five hens cackling (laughs) over each other. It's adults talking. We know last week the main source of the dossier was indicted by the FBI for lying about most of the key claims in that dossier. Do you have any reflections on your role in promoting this to the American people? Well, first of all, whoever lied to the FBI or lied to Christopher Steele should be prosecuted, mm-hmm. uh, and they are. But you the may president have also spread Russian disinformation get... yourself for years by promoting this. I think that's what Republicans and what people who entrusted you as the Intel Committee Chair are so confused about your culpability in all of this. Well, I completely disagree with your premise. Uh, it's one thing to say allegations should be investigated, and they were. Mm-hmm. It's another to say that we should have foreseen in advance that some people were lying to Christopher Steele. Which is impossible, of course, to do. But but let's not use that as a smokescreen to somehow shield Donald Trump's culpability for inviting Russia to help him in the election, which they did, for trying to coerce Ukraine into helping him in the next election, mm. which he did, uh, into inciting an insurrection, uh, insurrection, which he did. Um, none of that is undercut. None of that serious misconduct is in any way diminished by the fact that people lied to Christopher Steele. No, okay. I think just your credibility is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, amen, uh, Morgan. Yeah, way to shift it to the January 6th uprising. Uh, what's that got to do with the whole, I have seen the documents, I've seen the evidence of the collusion. And so Trump stood up and gave a speech. Hey, Russia, if you got more of the emails, send them out. So that's his example of uh, Trump working with Russia. Russia did try to, to play a role in our election, but not with the help of the Trump people, which is what you claimed, Adam Schiff, for yeah. five freaking years. What a liar. Anybody who, uh, it was impossible to know that anyone lied to Christopher Steele. Everybody knew it from the beginning that those uh, allegations were ridiculous. And by the way, he said, anybody who lied to the FBI should be uh, prosecuted. Anybody who lied to Christopher Steele should be uh, prosecuted. Um, I'll lie to Christopher Steele today. I'm allowed to. What are you talking about, you crackpot? Got the uh, smallest, thinnest neck I've ever seen. Jonathan Turley made an interesting comment about Schiff's uh, self-defense and comments in 32. Representative Schiff actually uh, attacked the Durham investigation as other Democratic leaders tried to kill it uh, towards the end of the Trump administration. Uh, so it's it's somewhat ironic to see him say, well, it's a good thing these people are being prosecuted, since if these people had their way, there would be no John Durham, and this, this these indictments would never have seen the light of day. Yeah. But what we're seeing now is great details that we didn't have before and were not disclosed by uh, Mueller. 
Adam Schiff makes Dick Nixon seem like George Washington. Wow! He is utter, he's crooked as a corkscrew. Never seen a thinner neck. Uh, one other uh, comment from Jonathan Turley that I found pretty uh, compelling, and it, it, it fills in some blanks if you're not following this as closely as we are. Clip number 33, Michael. What's interesting is that these pieces are falling together, and they're forming a rather disturbing picture. Keep in mind, on July 28th, just before that, President Obama was briefed by American intelligence that told him that there was evidence that Hillary Clinton was going to advance a Russian collusion narrative uh, to take away attention from the email scandal. And this was a formal briefing in the White House. Three days later, the Russian investigation was launched. And then in September, you have this meeting with the indicted Clinton lawyer, uh, Sussman, and Jake Sullivan and others. Then it was shortly after that, in October, that uh, Sullivan released the major public statement that there was this covert server uh, tying uh, Trump to to Moscow, something that was completely fallacious, but he put it all over the media. When he was asked later by Congress, sort of, what's going on here? I mean, did you know the basis of this, the source of this? He said no. He even denied knowing that Sussman, or the roles of Sussman and Clinton general counsel mark elias uh in creating these these allegations so jake sullivan the uh the national security advisor who looks like uh, what was the character in the muppet show the lab assistant beaker he looks like beaker from the muppet show anyway he was involved up to his neck in all this and he's in the white house right now so you know, who said what, who lied to whom, who played what role in the thing, uh, you know, is continuing to unfold. Will there be more indictments? Uh, who knows? Again, the, the people who really perpetrated the hoax on the American people, they probably didn't break laws. They just broke trust. So uh, don't know where it ends, but it's interesting to follow. Um, How you kill a zombie. So Alex in the newsroom actually looked up. I said plant food. I don't know anything about zombies. I'm not into science fiction. I haven't watched any of the shows or read any of the books. I know zombies are a hot thing right now. I hear it mentioned a lot. I don't know anything about it. All I know is my kids are always talking about plant food is the only way to kill a zombie. Apparently, that comes from some video game, the plants versus zombies or something that they play. Uh-huh. And so kids my kid's age, to kill zombies, it's all about plant food. But according to the San Jose Mercury News a couple of years ago, there are only a few ways to kill zombies. Decapitation, bludgeoning, burning... Or exploding. Mm. Those are really the only options. In short, dismemberment. So there you go. Not or exactly. Live by. What is a zombie exactly? It's a, a dead human come back to life, and or a, a live human who is infected with the zombie. Uh, I don't know virus, uh, bacteria, zombie <laughs> juice. I don't know. <laughs> and it turns you into a flesh eating uh, maniac, a ghoul. Um, coming up, we're going to talk about uh, slang, the hottest slang and uh, the slang people hate the most, which is kind of fun. But there is a serious turkey shortage problem going on. I hope you bought your turkey already. According to market research firm IRI, which I don't know what that is, uh, by the end of October, turkeys were 60% out of stock at grocery stores. The USDA reports the production of fresh turkeys is down 1.4% this year. That doesn't seem like much. No. Considering, you know, the day after Thanksgiving, they got 
turkloads of them <laughs> that so, you can buy cheap, at least in some stores. Tur- Turkey is 60% out of stock, according to that market research firm. Cranberry sauce, 20% out of stock. All supply chain stuff. I don't have any idea. I'll eat something else. Well, come I mean, I enjoy the traditional meal. I really do. I you enjoy can't every like a bit of it. going to be a huge bummer for people, though, if they go to get all their the Thanksgiving stuff and it's not available. This is not. This is the United States of America. You're supposed to be able to go to the store and buy all the stuff you need for Thanksgiving. Right. Personally, I don't care that much. But yeah, it, it well, and it certainly will be shocking to people who have grown up with the plenty supplied by the uh, the free market here in this great country. A cornucopia of goods, if you will. The least liked slang term in America, by all generations, is one we use a lot around here. Um, It's pretty handy shorthand, though, so I don't know if it's going anywhere soon. But uh, a bunch of that stuff on the way. We got a bunch of veterans that should get the Purple Heart, but haven't for political reasons, for geopolitical reasons. Oh, boy. CBS is on this story on this Veterans Day. We can talk about that, among other things, on the way. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Retired out of the Army because it feels like my brain is short-circuited, is how I best describe it. My wife will say I used to be so articulate, and now it's almost like a stroke patient. I have headaches four or five days out of the week. The soldiers we spoke with all lived through the same ballistic missile attack, but only Webster, who was medically evacuated, received the Purple Heart. Hansen said getting medevaced became an additional requirement to qualify for the award. Is this how it's supposed to work? No, absolutely not. I guarantee I know what's going on here. Got to decide whether you think it's okay or not. So we got 30 troops. This is on Veterans Day. CBS is doing this story, and I think this is a good story. 30 troops that all suffered traumatic brain injuries when there was an Iranian missile attack on Iraq two years ago when Trump was president, and we had troops nearby. So do you remember when it happened? First of all, the the, the story originally was uh, they telegraphed it, they warned us, we got everybody out of there, they well, attacked, the, it was a gesture. This was in the wake of us rubbing out uh, General Soleimani. Correct. And this was their, uh, their retaliation on our base. And it was kind of a joke of a retaliation, the way it was portrayed originally, of... They gave us a heads up. We got everybody out of the way. They had to save face, so they lobbed a couple of missiles into the middle of nowhere and did nothing. Well, then eventually it came out that, yeah, we did have uh, service people there. In fact, 30 troops got traumatic brain injuries. But we really, the Trump administration really downplayed that. Now, CBS is making a big deal out of this as Trump, but uh, Biden's been president now for nine months and hasn't corrected this whole lack of Purple Hearts either. So I I think it crosses um, administrations. I can tell you exactly what's going on there. They Neither administration wants to have to say Iran attacked our troops because we would have to respond to that because we've said over and over we would. Right, right. So they're seeking to downplay it by denying these, uh, uh, these uh, brave patriots their purple hearts. Right. So it sounds like they retroactively came up with it, at least in this instance, say, oh, you need to be medevaced out before it counts for a purple heart. 
so that they could not give the Purple Hearts out. But uh, that is exactly what's going on, because we have said over and over again, if Iran, if you attack directly attack our troops, there will be retaliation. So we don't want that to be the case. Now, whether that's good geo-strategic maneuvering, I don't know the answer to that. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I've always looked at these kind of things, as unfortunate as it is, and it is very unfortunate, I've always looked at these kind of things as you are in the military and you have become a casualty of, if not war, um, battle. You're a battle casualty, and your casualty is uh, you don't get the Purple Heart when you deserve it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's highly troubling. I know what you're driving at, though. The soldiers who died because the politician thinks he would lose the next election if he ended the war, um, you know, they're they're a casualty of the same sort of thing. Yeah, I'm not an expert in who gets a purple heart and who doesn't. This this seems unjust. To no, me, we though. we downplayed it at the beginning, and we that that we we talked about a fair amount. That was clearly what was going on at the time. Once news started coming out that we had did have people in the area that got hurt, we didn't want it to be a confrontation. Well, yeah, yeah, we were seeking to de-escalate it. Mm-hmm. We we won the first round way big. Rubbing out Suleimani, and in return, with all due respect and sympathy to the 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 injuries to our troops, God bless them. Um, in terms of geopolitics, we won round one huge, and if we were to advance to rounds two through seven through open you know exchange of ordnance with Iran, things could degenerate really quickly. So I get it. But I, I don't, you know, speaking for myself, if if I found out these these uh, brave patriots get purple hearts because of their TBI, I'm not going to say, oh, to war with Iran, invade right. today. Very good point. And who would? Very good point. Um, slang. It says here, 80% of Americans say they use slang. Are there people that don't? And 50% of Americans admit to using slag words they aren't sure they're using correctly, which is pretty funny. <laughs> I've got the 10 most used slang words in America, which we've got some millennials out in the newsroom who said, what? Who's saying this? And we're a little depressed to find out that there's a younger generation than them that is now using words they don't know. Oh, heck yeah. And I said, welcome to this chapter of your life as you get into your like late 20s, early 30s, and you realize that we're not the youngest, coolest people on the block anymore. There's another younger, cooler group out there that has new words. Having been a human and raised three of them, I'm telling you, the sweet spots for for slang is age 13 through 23. Oh, really? Mm Mm-hmm. I like it when my son explains to me what he's saying because he thinks I'm so out of touch. That's fantastic. (laughs) That guy looks sus to me, Dad. I mean, suspicious. Okay. Mm, okay. Thank way you. Way to save that time from <laughs> saying "pitious." Uh, here's your number ten. Uh, ten through one. Number ten. Thirsty, needing approval, affection, or attention. I've never said that or heard somebody say it, but uh, uh, maybe it's popular. I don't know. Number nine. Savage, not caring about consequences. Number eight. Catfish. That's assuming a false identity. I think we all know that. Yeah, one. we know that one. Yeah. Low key. That's been slang for like 150 years. Well, no, that, that it means sort of or in a way. Okay. I low-key want to get ice cream tonight. Oh. Okay. My daughter yeah. uses that one all okay. the time. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, my son has said that, and I apparently didn't understand what he meant. Okay. Extra? Does that just mean I'd like more fries? Or does that mean yeah. something else? Yes, I please. I don't know. Goat, greatest of all time. Uh, woke, we know. We'll get to that one here in a second. On point. Uh, is that a young person thing or a 
your uh, corporate manager thing. Yeah, that's that's my reaction too. Salty. What does that mean? Angry, upset. Huh? You got all salty with me. Ghosted when someone cuts off all communication without explanation. I do hear sure. people say that. Mm-hmm. Ever for every and says here for every slang term we love, there's a slang term we hate, and some are more hated than others. According to this report, OK Boomer topped the list of the most hated slang. <laughs> That kind of came and went, didn't it? Yeah. Boomer. Tied for the number one spot with bay, a modern slang term for a significant other. I will never say bay. Okay, Boomer. It just doesn't, doesn't seem like me. If I am in the Chesapeake region and wish to refer to a body of water, I may say bay. Do you ever refer to Judy as your bay? I have not, sir. Me and my bay are going out tonight? Have not, will not. Okay. You will not. Okay. I You're will dr- not. Drawn a line. Hell Yeah. Uh, boomers particularly hate mansplain. Um, among all generations, though, the fourth most hated slang word for all generations, woke. Hmm. It's kind of interesting because I think it's a pretty damn handy word for describing a phenomenon. Yeah, I wonder if people just react badly to hearing the word because they know what it means, you know. I don't know. As I don't opposed think that's... to disliking the word itself. Ask your bae whether or not you should use woke or not. Oh, Mansplain ma- them to what woke means. You're making me throw up in my mouth. And if they Stop don't it. like it, then ghost them. <laughs> well done. Armstrong and Getty.